Today on the Diz List, we count down the top five animatronics in Walt Disney World. Welcome to the Diz List, the podcast that ranks everything in Walt Disney World. I'm Rob. And I'm Nick. Today we count down the top five animatronics in Walt Disney World. Rob, so I think you told me once that you had a family member who used to work on the animatronics. Yeah, I actually do. It's my father's cousin. So we called him Uncle Jimmy growing up. And uh, when I was young, so I'm going to be 45 this year. So uh, when I was really young growing up, uh, we would always get free tickets to the park from Uncle Jimmy, which not really my uncle, but like I said, my dad's cousin. And they all live down in Orlando, my whole dad's side of the family. So we grew up going down to Orlando and getting to go to Disney or Magic Kingdom and then eventually Epcot every year. And Uncle Jimmy's job was to do maintenance on all the different animatronics. So he was in the military previously. I don't know what specific branch my dad told me, but I forgot. And his job was to create the machine parts for guns or whatever specific thing that they needed. He was kind of the ace at at being a machinist and creating all these parts. So when they started making all these animatronics, they were looking for people who had that expertise they hired him so his job was to go in and fix the animatronics my dad told me really only one story that he knows about uncle jimmy and that was he would be walking around the park and they would have an emergency quick you have to come and help like it's this huge thing and jimmy comes running and what happened was uh lincoln fell over (laughs) lincoln (laughs) fell forward in the hall of presidents and jimmy had to come and uh fix him so yeah, that's that's my connection with with animatronics and. Um, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, yeah. being able to go from a straight up machinist and engineering degree, and then you're working with Walt Disney Engineering, really. Yeah. So, um, you know what? What I find interesting there is that basically with inflation, it seems that you were gifted like almost a new house <laughs> if you got free tickets for your family of four. Yeah. To the uh, to the parks every. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's changed, and it's, uh, well, they were literally tickets that we had in our hand that he would say, here you go, take your family to Disney, and now it's, obviously, it's all digital, and you have to use your fingerprint so you can't pass them off to someone else. Right. Yeah. I get it. Makes yeah. sense. It yeah, does. It, it definitely does. I think, honestly, like, building animatronics would be a really cool job in general, mm-hmm. uh, but doing it for Disney where you seemingly have this unlimited bucket of cash. Yeah. I think that's got to be a, a pretty cool job to have. And, and, you know, the maintenance on them, getting to see behind the scenes, I'm sure I get it. It's a job. Everybody's job eventually gets to a point where you don't want to do it anymore. But that job, I just, at least for a day, I'd love to be love to shadow that. That'd be fun. The other thing I thought of when it came to animatronics, and not necessarily Uncle Jimmy, but... It's got to be a high-pressure job. I mean, let's let's think about our last trip when we were waiting for Mine Train. Right, yeah. There, there was a mechanical issue, which yeah. probably means something's wrong with, if not the track, maybe an animatronic. Right, yeah. And there's a line of people, us included, tapping our feet, like, okay, when are we going to get on this ride? 
So yeah. it takes a certain person to block out all of the people that are angrily waiting or patiently, but you know what it is in the heat who are waiting for this and they got to swoop in and do the best they can as fast as they can. Yeah. I mean, next, I mean, this is the first in a series of two episodes we're doing about animatronics next week. We're talking about our, our five worst. Um, you know, sometimes the five worst or the, some, at least on my list of five worst are going to be some that not, aren't necessarily bad. They just never work. Yeah. And so when you think about that, those people that are maintaining those, they really do have an important thing. Cause as a, if they're upsetting me, think about a kid who just really wants to go on a certain ride to see a certain animatronic. Right. And it's not working that day. So yeah, that's gotta be a high pressure job. back and this week we're going to be counting down our favorite animatronics so as always nick and i have not compared notes so all of this is kind of a surprise we could have the exact same five or we could be nowhere near one another so um i'll start off this week my number five audio animatronic is um from a ride that when they first decided to change this attraction i wasn't too sure because i loved the original now this is a a famed epcot attraction and the it was called the maelstrom and maelstrom more most recently i can't remember exactly when they made the change they changed it to frozen ever after (laughs) now the first time i saw frozen i went with my family we sat in the theater and probably about half an hour in i fell asleep (laughs) And I don't always fall asleep at movies. I like to have um, some caffeine before I go. So I'm not known for falling asleep all the time in in the movies. If it's boring, sure. But I fell asleep and I don't really remember much of the movie. So I wasn't super excited when they decided to open Frozen. Later on, I rewatched the movie and I've decided that Olaf is one one of my favorite Disney characters. So I guess spoiler for a future episode. But these characters on Frozen Ever After... I think are not really the most advanced, but they're ones that I love. And I, I love that Olaf character so much. So when Olaf moves and dances the way that they move the snowman's individual parts and turns and dances and sings and the interior projections, I, I absolutely love. Um, you have any thoughts on that I, or is this one on your list at all? Um, you know, honestly, this that particular part that you were mentioning, the um, the Olaf part, I hadn't really thought about that, but it's probably less complex than some of the, the other ones on our list, but its effect is so spot on and accurate to what it looks like in the movie. I can see definitely why a lot of people would put this on a list. Um, in fact, um, we had a, a, a friend over on Instagram at Magical Micahs. Um, they commented on a story we posted and they listed the, the uh, Frozen attraction now they they listed anna and elsa but still they they were listed the the stuff from frozen yeah i think as a whole that ride is fantastic and personally i i think olaf is 
one of my favorite characters, so that one means a lot to me. But I think it's fair to say that that one could definitely stand in uh, somebody's top five list. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do you have for your number five? So my number five is kind of a collective uh, group one, um, the Tiki Room. So the, oh. the birds in the Tiki Room. Sure. Now, there's there's some some people here who are going to say, wait a second, how is that a good... You go in there, you can hear them clicking. So there are 150, or there are actually over 150 animatronics in that room. Um, and their detailing is really amazing. You might not know this, so you've got the four main characters. Jose, Michael, Pierre, and Fritz. Well done. I don't think okay. I could do that off the top of my head. Jose has feathers the color of the Mexican flag. Oh. Michael has them the color of the Ireland flag. Pierre is red, white, and blue for France. I did not know that. And Fritz has has feathers colored like the German flag. That's cool. That level of detail. And, and now you're going to notice it and be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, now that, I that, never noticed that. That obviously... Um, this was a, a, an attraction that Walt had his hand in. Oh, yeah. In Disneyland. And did you know that originally the plan was for this to be a dinner show? Really? But it became too complicated to do the show and have the dinner. And it's also the very first attraction at Disneyland. Now, I don't know about it at Disney World. But at, either way, it's Disney's very first attraction that included air conditioning. Because the computers, oh, yeah. the computers that were used to run that and time that were so advanced they had to be quite large they in fact ran on the same stuff that like we missile guidance was being ran at at the time and as a computer guy as a, a techie kind of guy I, I get into this and they get really hot and so they needed air conditioning so that they wouldn't fry that or the equipment um it's a really kind of just for me a ride that every or an attraction that every time i go to i just i find something new you know whether it be the water that's actually water yeah. falling down right or the you know, the totems or just a different, you know, you go in there and you might sit in a different spot every time and be able to see a different bird or a different part of it. But for me, I think collectively my number five are the, the birds in, in the Tiki Room. What about uh, Iago or Zazu? Do they count? So I am going to say that they do not count. <laughs> um, I am lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones that did not have to see the bastardization of the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. Yeah, they redid it for a few years with some uh, IP, and it was not very popular, and yeah. they changed it back. Yeah, I'm not a fan of forcing things. So if you're going to change it to IP, go full-blown Maelstrom to yep, redo you know, it. Frozen Ever After. Yep. Don't try to just, like, uh, we're going to put this in here. It just doesn't make sense. But Yeah, so my number five is uh, Tiki Room. What's your number four, Rob? Uh, it's, a, it's a newer attraction. Okay. That uh, I've gotten to ride, I think, two times now, and it's in Hollywood Studios, and it's actually the first ride. Once again, it's another IP that was put into a different attraction and completely redid it. It's the first ride that features Mickey Mouse, and it's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Now, there's quite a few uh, different animatronics in this. It's an interesting ride because most of it is projection, but it starts off with a Mickey and Minnie animatronic in a car. And then um, there's my favorite one, which I'll get to in a second. And then the end also has some animatronics. And I think Pete also with the jackhammer yeah. is an animatronic, which I like. But my favorite one and one of the most impressive, and we had so much fun when we went on this ride a couple weeks ago, 
is Daisy Duck. Yeah. It's so cool. So there's a part in the ride, if you haven't been on it yet, where every uh, different car that you're in is totally trackless. So your cars are all moving around independently, and you don't really know where you're going to go. So you go into this big dance hall, and there's Daisy Duck at the far end. And they have Daisy's arms so that she is almost like a conductor. And she's kind of guiding you and your car what to do, and, and your cars start dancing around. And the funny thing was, and I didn't even know this was a thing. Everyone just kind of did this at once. As Daisy is moving her arms, everybody and all the cars, not just us, but the other people too, all started moving their arms because there's a mirror in front of you. It's like you're at a dance studio, and we all were moving our arms back and forth to it, match it was definitely It was definitely a highlight, and I've been on it a few times, and it wasn't just because like we were with a fun bunch of people. I really think... I don't remember ever being on that where people weren't dancing. It's just a fun ride. It is. So I I agree with you. That's a pretty that's a pretty uh, fun fun animatronic. Yeah. So that's my number four, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and um, the ride. I just I'll, I'll give kind of a quick honorable mention is the ride that was previously there. I don't know if you've got to experience this. I did not. But the Great Movie Ride had one of the a really an interesting and honestly pretty incredible animatronic was the wicked witch of the west it was pretty advanced and it was one of the ones that was sort of revered as best in all of walt disney world mm-hmm. so uh since i'm mentioning mickey and minnie i will give an honorable mention to the wicked witch of the west from the previous attraction absolutely yep yeah. um my number four is not in hollywood studios my number four we're gonna we're gonna head back over uh to magic kingdom and there is a ride that I think suffers some some of their animatronics suffer from. I don't know if it was over budget or just rushed, um, but there's one animatronic on this ride that is phenomenal, and that is Little Mermaid going and seeing Ursula. Ursula is an amazing animatronic. It's huge. It's seven and a half foot tall, twelve foot wide. Think about that. That's a big animatronic. That's huge. The only animatronic I can think of that's bigger is Yeti. And, well, we'll talk about that later probably yeah, at some a later date. I'm not sure if he's on this list. Um, the skin looks like it's real. It right? does. And it is, it is so convincing. I think that there should be a disclaimer on that ride. If your children are susceptible to some scary moments in the animated films, you probably shouldn't ride it. The queue is kind of dark, and then you ha- go through some dark stuff, and then you go into that dark room with Ursula, and let's be honest, it's one of those rides that stops a lot to, for ECV transfers and for uh, wheelchair transfers, and so because of that, you may get stuck in that room with Ursula singing yeah. for a long time, and I could see where a child might be terrified in that room, but... It is a very good animatronic. Now you're smiling. Is this is this somewhere on your list? Or it's is a it... perfect transition because it's my number three. So I'll jump right in okay. and, and give my two cents on that ride. Yep. So this ride actually has a lot of different animatronics that I think are, are pretty impressive. Uh, one of the ones that was one of my favorites too, and specifically I put down Ursula, but we were surprised to see when we were there a few weeks ago that Scuttle, the seagull, was gone. Yeah. So a really fun part of the queue for me was weaving back and forth and listening to Scuttle, who is uh, one of the characters in the movie, kind of talk to all the people in the crowd. I mean, it's not literally an interactive yeah. thing, but not having Scuttle there was kind of a bummer. And that was I was kind of shocked. I, I I was shocked too when we walked through. I was like, wait, the, you know when you rearrange your room 
and you know something looks different, but you can't, or not you rearrange it, but somebody else rearrange it, you're like, something's different. Yeah, something, uh, or, or someone cuts down a tree somewhere yeah. that you're used to seeing, like, what's yeah. different here? It's, it was a landscape, like, waypoint that you knew where you were in the line, and we got there, I was like, something's different, yeah. and then Rob pointed out, oh, where's Scuttle? Scuttle's gone, I miss yeah. Scuttle. Yeah. Uh, the aerial that is in kind of the main room with all the dancing fish, that is also one of my favorite animatronics in all of Disney. Her arm motions for the dancing and her face and the way her eyes move. You know, they do a lot of the projection faces. Like, I didn't mention that. That was in Frozen and, and uh, Mickey and Minnie's. But this particular face that they did for Ariel, I was very impressed by. And if you um, watch it all up, uh, TPM vids. Are you familiar with that yes, YouTube yeah, station? Yep. He does the different animatronic fails, which I think yeah. is, we'll probably bring up next episode too. Some of those are pretty funny when when Ariel's uh, eyes are goofed up. She kind of has these crossed yeah. eyes, but she's still dancing. Those are always kind of funny to watch too. So yeah, I agree. Um, Journey of the Little Mermaid definitely has some pretty incredible animatronics. I'm, I'm so that's that one's actually my number three. Yeah. And oddly enough, my number three is is another repeat, um, but I think it's more collective of the ride is Frozen. Um, so I think it's amazing to realize how advanced these projections have become. And I know there's a lot of criticism of this particular ride where they say the projections are too bright at times. And I do think I can see that where sure. where their face their facial um, skin tones don't match the rest of the body. Yeah. And some of that is a, is an effect of like, I think the black light in the room to try to, you know, pop the colors a little bit better. But as someone who's like literally been evacuated from that ride in the last scene, right. Where we were in that last scene for probably five minutes before the lights came on to see how, what an impact those projections have when the lights come on, they are weird looking, right? They, They don't look like they should work. So that someone has engineered and thought about the projection technology. I think that's something that Disney does a wonderful job with projections in general. You know, we think about the projections on buildings as well. Projection mapping is a very interesting thing because of the the shape of whatever thing you're shooting on. But I think it's very realistic. And so when I'm looking at that ride, I think of Frozen Ever After from the eyes of my four-year-old daughter the first time she saw it. So she's four years old. She's in love with Frozen. This particular ride was probably the closest she's ever been to being in a cartoon. Yeah. In the movie. You know, you've got Sven there, you've got Kristoff, you've got Olaf. And then in the last scene, you have Anna and Elsa there. And and I think while those two are impressive, Elsa, when you go into into the main room, right before, right before you drop. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And then you go back, and I, I misspoke, I think, because I said that, you know, Ursula is probably the biggest animatronic other than Yeti. But what about when you go in there with with the snow? The, yeah, the, the snow, snowman. Snowman. I can't remember his name. Sorry I can't either. The, but that's you know, listeners, you can yeah. comment. Um, but you go in there. I mean, he moves. But I don't know how much of it moves. If it's just the mat, it doesn't matter. The whole point is that that ride collectively for me is uh, my number three top animatronics in Disney World. Yeah, it's definitely impressive, and I'm glad that it made your list too. It's it's a favorite of mine, which. Um, we're already on number two. We are already on number two. Um, but I do believe that this next two are going to be a debate. I'm not positive because we haven't shared. I have a feeling that, that one and two for us match, but in different orders. I'm not positive on that. I'm guessing that you know that only because when we were at Disney, I was very vocal and claimed that 
this was the greatest animatronic I have ever seen. Oh, I know what your number. I know what your number one is, and I think that that most people are going to agree with you and disagree with me, and that's okay. I know what your number one is. My number one is not your number one. Is your is my number one your number two? I think. Yes. If first it is, all, yes. then let's do that yeah. now, since yeah. we're talking about it already. And let's will... do my number one, your number two. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so my number one, and this is also my children's favorite ride, and it's top for my wife as well, and that is the Navi River Journey, which can be boring to some. Some people hate this ride, but I think this is a love it or hate it ride, where some people just love how relaxing it is, and my kids love this ride so much that they created their own lyrics over top of the singing the, shaman. The yeah. singing shaman. Yeah. So the singing shaman at the very end is so incredibly impressive. It is a large animatronic. It's of um, one of the, the Navi people. It's part of the world of Avatar. And the way it moves is its arms around and sings, and it's so incredible to me. I just, it, it's almost hypnotizing, and I think part of the reason it's number one and you know for me i'm not going to say what the other one is will surprise you but it it really could go either way but i think personally the reason i made this one number one is it means a lot to our family and my kids are singing along and uh when we went on the ride uh i don't don't know if you heard my kids singing or not if they were driving everybody crazy but we didn't actually get to ride this together because if you recall we went over early for early entry so we could rope drop and and it's, we still had to wait 45 minutes for this ride. but That's right. Um, we did it later in the day. Yeah. So that was our very last thing before we left. That's right. We didn't ride this one mm-hmm. together. So my number one, um, just because it means so much to me, and the number two we're about to mention could easily be number one on my list as well. But uh, my number, yeah. So that that's your number one. It was my number two. I want yep. to explain why I, why I knocked it down and why we skipped around here. I, I, again, I don't know. We could end up getting to my number one and have it not match Rob's number two, but I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, I am um, the Navi Shaman is a large, it's almost, I think it's nearly 10 foot tall, um, is, it, it really is a great one. And a lot of people, in fact, we had someone reach out on Twitter, uh, at Market House Pod, uh, reach out to us on Twitter, and they um, also expressed that they thought that this was their, the best in, in Disney World. I'm going to tell you why I didn't, don't think it is. And this is not a criticism of the ride, because I like the ride. When I went by it last time, I was trying to shoot some footage of it, you know, for Instagram or whatever, and I got to the side. So we're probably at, I wouldn't call it a full, like, side view, but probably about 80 degrees on, and I could see into the animatronic. Like, I could see the metal. I could see the mechanics. And I was like, that's it. I'm out. Like, because it was one of my favorites, and and it is still. It's my number two. And I'll just never look at it that way again from that angle again. Sure. But, like, I could see the ball joint that for the upper arm. And I was like, that is really bizarre that that engineering or imagineering wouldn't have seen that or noticed that. And I don't know if there was something wrong on that day or if that always can be like that. So maybe I will look one more time to see. But when you – I think they already – because they've already done the kind of the – distraction of trying to get you to turn your head the other way so i do believe honestly that it's like that all the time they just said well we can do it like this because the range of motion is such that we don't there's nothing we can cover that with but i could see into the shoulder ball joint and i was like that is really weird for disney to allow that to happen 
I, I sincerely believe that I wasn't supposed to see from that angle. I should have turned. You know, the magician with using his left hand while he's doing something with his right. I think that's kind of what Disney thought I was going right. to do. But I was trying to shoot footage for Instagram, and I noticed that. I was like, oh, wait, that's kind of weird. But it's a great animatronic. It's a very impressive animatronic, especially that first time you go, you see it. Um, I won't really speak too much on the ride. I'm not a fan of the length of the ride, given the length of the weight. But the ride itself is is beautiful, and there's some other animatronics in there that I think are really basic animatronics that given the lighting in there, like those helicopter yeah. bug things, it literally is just like a fan that's painted or whatever with, and yeah. it goes up and down on a string, but it's really cool in that moment. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's a great animatronic. I agree. But it's my number two. Now my number one, which I'm not sure is going to match up with your number two, but really? I think it is. I, I I'm pretty certain it is. Hot. <laughs> I'm a little worried. Honda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. No, no. What? No. No? Mine's next door. Next door? Yeah. Okay. Mine's Rise of the Resistance. Interesting. Yeah, mine's Rise of the Resistance for a couple reasons. Okay, so you go with yours, yeah, and yeah. then I will go with mine. So sure. I thought We're for close. sure. Because you are... Okay, go ahead. So in Rise of the Resistance, the reason I'm choosing this one and not... Um, what you're about to say in a minute. So listeners are probably like, I don't know what they're talking about (laughs) in Hollywood studios. There are two, three different star Wars, uh, rides slash attractions. The oldest being star tours. Uh, the one that opened next was uh, smugglers run. That's the millennium Falcon ride. And then the third one to open was going to be, uh, rise of the resistance. So rise of the resistance has a lot of malfunctions and goes down pretty frequently. I'm pretty sure that I read at one point that when you look at the amount of downtime on that ride, it is down more than any other ride in Walt Disney World. Yeah, I was actually too? I was listening to a podcast this morning. that was talking specifically about downtimes, and that ride is leads the list. Yeah, so it's when it does work. And luckily, both times that I got to ride it, we've ridden it twice, it worked correctly. You can speak in a minute. Yours did not work correctly the time you went i'll let you finish with that but the number of animatronics from bb8 rolling back and forth at the beginning i just loved the head movement because the movement of bb8 mimics exactly what you see on screen uh the i'm trying to remember his name the mon calamari uh the he's the captain in the ship that you get in that talks with Pope Dameron. And that's when your ship gets captured and I'm starting to spoil things, which I have a problem with. <laughs> yes, he does. I do. And then, um, you get into, um, other areas and you see stormtroopers, and there is, there's also an animatronic of Finn, which I did not notice the first time I wrote it. So is your, is your vote here? A collective vote, or yes. is it a specific nope. individual? I'm okay. And I'm that's, a and that's collective fine. of all of them together. Okay, and the way that they all work together, and, and I haven't even mentioned the Kylo Ren ones. The Kylo Rens are pretty good, but as a whole, that's in my opinion the best collection of audio anim- animatronics is that specific okay. ride. Okay, I can't I can't hate on you for the collective. I will tell you that I've ridden the ride twice now as well. And one of the rides, so 50% of my time, I didn't get a Kylo Ren experience. In fact, I came in the room and no sound, nothing. Because we were the last ride going, last car going through. They had to clear out the the people who were on the ride. And then they shut it down for who knows how long, two hours. Um, 
to fix Kylo. And I saw Kylo. So Kylo Ren's standing up on his little, like, you might, might as well call it a stage in that finalist room. Right. You know what I'm talking about? And he's, like, it's right before he's supposed to, like, try to use the force on you. And then the the wind starts blowing. So we're in there. There's no sound. The wind blows at us. And, like. <laughs> What's going on? Well, Is this and the we, force? And I've watched, at this point, I've watched ride, you know, uh, ride POV videos. And I knew it was supposed to happen. My son knew it was supposed to happen. We're like, this is wrong. Like, this isn't. Now, the cool thing was that we got all the experience of the ride without that one room. They gave us a, a fast pass at the end because it was still fast pass then. And they were like, you can use it wherever. So we rode Slinky Dog with no weight. That was that was great. But 50% of the time I've been on it, that doesn't work. And that animatronic alone, I believe, is a big part of why that ride shuts down a lot. I've seen a lot of POVs uh, where you know how like the ceiling kind of swings down a block's view of him. Yeah. Where you go into that room and like you just can't see Kylo, and it's just that that's down, down that's down from the yeah. beginning, and they put you through it, and it's like what a shame. This is like one of their newer rides, but I I can totally get behind what you're saying for collectively. I guess I didn't even think of Finn, you know, and that's a shame because it is a great one. Um, or any of those other ones collectively, I guess it does evoke this sense of, wow, these are really, really good animatronics. Now, for me, my number one was Hondo. Okay? So, Hondo Onaka in uh, in Smuggler's Run. So, you go in there. And then, first of all, this is someone who, prior to Smuggler's Run opening, I don't believe we saw him outside of an animated series, correct? No, yeah, he was a character on... Rebels? Clone, Clone Wars, Wars or, or Rebels? Rebels? One of those. My son would know. But either way, we had not seen him in an animated, or anything outside of animated. And the way they brought him to life is amazing. And it's a very advanced animatronic. In fact, it's the second most advanced animatronic in all of Disney World behind the shaman. The shaman, yeah. Yep. That would make sense. And honestly, he would be number two. Hondo would be number two if the shaman hadn't shown his shoulder to me. Sure. Um, but but it is really, I think, a really cool way for a ride that relies so much on projection screens and, right. and hydraulics to lift you up and down and shake your ship around to really make you feel like you're about to experience something really, really special. I think I love that ride anyway. Like the, the, When you're walking in... The, you're on the Millennium Falcon. Oh, I mean, for a Star you're, Wars you're nerd, like to sit at the at the table. I mean, we, we were like, hurry up, hurry up, take our picture. Because uh, we really wanted to get our picture at the chess table. We don't think we were supposed to do that, but we did it anyway. Yeah, everybody else was, so whatever. Everybody else was breaking the rules. We weren't we weren't throwing fists uh, in front of Peter Pan's flight, so I think we are okay. Um, uh, <laughs> too too the, soon. The, yeah. Uh, so, I for me, it's Hondo Onaka, but I've got to say... Um, I can see collectively where you're coming from. I will also say that that I'm very disappointed with how poorly that ride runs um, on a pretty much daily basis. The, we had a lightning lane, an individual lightning lane to return. I think 10:30. I think it was that we had. It was an earlier one, early-ish one. It was before lunch. I know that um, because we had planned on going right from there over to Oga's because we had like a lunchtime reservation at Oga's. Right. And so we went to. Um, I can remember going um, and thinking we're going to do this. And then we went over there and it was like, nope, shut down. And then remember we went and did, um, where did we go? We went and did another ride and it reopened 
while we were in that ride. So we went all the way back to Galaxy's Edge. It was Muppets, I think. Okay, yeah, we did Muppet Vision, yeah. And it while we were in Muppet Vision, Rise went back up. We walked back into Galaxy's Edge to go use our, our lightning lane. And? It was down again. Down again. And the guy was like, oh, shocker. Like, the guy who was, like, cleaning up in front of it, he, so he was uh, part of the janitorial staff or whatever. Uh, he's a cast member, and he's cleaning up. And he's like, oh, it's down again. Shocker. He's like, I said, well, how long was it up? He's like, 15 minutes. Wow. And so I just don't know how you can have your marquee ride or call it a marquee ride because they do. You know, you've got to buy your individual lightning lane or wait. Did you see this? I'm not kidding you folks. Like yesterday or not. Yes. Two days ago. So as of recording this, so that would have been July 23rd, I think. The ride the late the wait for rise was five hours oh my god 305 oh my. minutes i don't think i've ever seen a, a wait that long ever now i don't know if it actually was that long like if if or if that's disney posting it because we all know that disney's playing their games exaggerating times. um they're exaggerating times they want to drive you away from and they're underestimating times they want to drive you to which is a whole other episode about or, top five worst things that disney does with genie plus or, or genie or it's 500 minutes so that you'll go in and purchase an individual lightning lane. Well, that's the other thing is that they're doing it with, if you look at every park, their individual lightning lane, the standby lines are the longest, which it stands to reason they would be, but they're also the most exaggerated. So like when we stood in line on the day we were going to do, so my family did um, uh, Seven Dwarves Mine Train on our last day. So we had a partial last day. We went in, rope dropped seven dwarves. Now, when we were getting there, it said 85-minute wait. 85 minutes. That's what it said on the app. I waited 35 minutes. They are trying. They're not. Because right underneath the wait time, it says, or you can bypass this wait and return at 2 p.m. for the low, low cost of. It's like, stop being the used car dealership. And just let me wait in my lines. I had far more fun, and this is a, I know we're going off the rails here, but I had far more fun last year with zero fast pass, zero Genie Plus, and waited in lines and knew what I was getting and used a different app for my planning that tracks lines. It's called Lines. Uh, you know, a little shout out to them. Um, they, they do a great job touring plans, and we're not affiliated at all, but their app is far superior to Disney's in predicting times. And we were joking the whole time, like, what's touring plans say? Yeah, we would we would look back and forth. <laughs> and um, uh, and usually, guess what? The the place that's run by the statistician was better yeah. and was smarter. So, you know, it is what it is. That's a whole other episode. But, but you know, Kylo Ren in in Rise for me kind of t- knocks it down real low. But that's me. I'll share one more thing about your ride that's another positive that was – kind of has a lot to do with the other rides being down now in, in smugglers run i don't I'm, like i said i'm bad at spoiling and i i obviously we're talking about the rides like everyone's been on them before so when you go on to uh, smugglers run you wait in the queue and you come into this room and that's when you see this hondo character that nick was talking about coming out and telling you about what your mission is going to be mm-hmm. giant animatronic but it's up on top of this 
kind of like uh, it's a bridge, like a stage or a bridge, yeah. right? It's like a bridge in like Star Trek or whatever. well, Star Wars. But. So what happens is he's telling you about your mission, and there's a screen on the right hand side that Chewbacca comes on, mm-hmm. and they talk back and forth. He talks to Chewie. Now they had the ingenuity of making filming Hondo with a person in makeup playing Hondo. And they have that recorded, so if at any point the animatronic goes down, a screen comes up and covers the animatronic so they can work on the animatronic behind it to fix it. All you see is a screen with Hondo talking to you and Hondo talking to Chewie on the other screen. So the ride doesn't go down because of that. Very smart. Yeah, and you don't lose all that capacity. Correct. I mean, it's, you would, I would think they would have backup plan A, plan B, right? I mean, they have Yeti A, Yeti B. Right. They really, they they truly do. That's what they call it. Yet, you know, Yeti has been on B forever now. Yes. But why not have a plan A, plan B? I mean, I know you can't do that with all rides. You can't do it with Small World, which, by the way, honorable mention to Small World, that many animatronics is in, insane. It's got to win for most. Yeah. It's got to have most more than yeah. uh, Tiki Room. And I read somewhere, I don't know if this is true, but they they run 24 hours a day. Wow. So, like, when the when the music shuts off, they're still running. I don't know what where I read that. It, it's probably not true because it sounds so ridiculously wasteful, but something about that's how the ride runs. I don't think it's basically on a clock. I have no idea. The end of my list, I ha- I put in a couple honorable mentions that I'm not okay. going to spend yeah, too much time on. Go Feel ahead. free if you want to as well. Uh, the end of Splash Mountain, where they repurposed the America Sings figures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three of them were sleeping last time we, we, we wrote it. They were sleeping. But that's a lot of fun. I like those. Uh, most of the um, characters on Splash Mountain are basically sculptures that kind yeah. of move. They're not as much animatronic. But that last scene is... The last scene is incredible. Yeah. I don't... Uh, hey, just real quick on the yeah. side on that one. Do you think that they could possibly be the first animatronics used in three rides? It could be because they could reuse that for like a celebration on the bayou at the end. At least some of them, yeah. Yeah. I think that could happen. Uh, And the other shout outs um, one of my favorite attractions ever is the Country Bear Jamboree. I'm shocked it didn't make your top five. I know they're a little dated. The the mouths don't always um, sync up, they're a little clicky, but I just, it's so much fun. Love Country Bears. Uh, The end of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and the inside of of the. Those are great that easily could have made my list, could have been any of those. And I really like the Buzz Lightyear in Space Ranger Spin. Yeah, yeah. Another inner projective face, but it's so much fun to come in that room. There's this giant Buzz moving his arms around. I love that one. Do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, you know, I, th- I have one in particular that you just kind of shake free in my memory here. Um, the Mr. Potato Head, when it's working, right, is a great animatronic in a queue. Um, it wasn't working this last time we were there. Yeah. It was like at least his eyes were on. Um, that was it. I don't think he was no. talking. I think he was kind now of we blinking rope, and looking We kind of rope dropped, so I don't know if that's why. Yeah, but we spent about 30 seconds in that. I've area. ridden that ride a number, number of times. I would say 70% of the time it's working, 30% it's not. So for me, um, that would be an honorable mention. I totally agree with um, with your honorable mention of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. We've already mentioned our love for the the last scene there but also i would point out the projections in the in the actual mine on the faces of the dwarves um they're really good they might even be better projections than than frozen ever after just because the coloring is a little bit better but um yeah i I agree with with those honorable mentions wholeheartedly 
Uh, now, it was your first time in Country Bear Jamboree, correct? <laughs> it was. I think we'll probably, I'll revisit my love for Country Bear Jamboree in, in another episode as I'm sitting next to my Big Al plush figure from the 1980s that I still have and is still on display in, in my room here. I have to say that Big Al plush is creepy. <laughs> it is it. creepy. That face on that thing is creepy. But it is a very good, um, it is a very good plush and, and a very good memory, I suppose. <laughs> It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow is just a list away. Tune in next time, and we'll see you real soon. Bye.